ninjas. Welcome to the Saucy Sales Show. I am so excited and grateful that you are right here hanging out with me today. Listen, being an entrepreneur can be tough, especially when you feel like you were doing it alone. And on top of that, most of you didn't go to school for sales. And yet it is one of the most important skills you need to know to run your business. But that is why your saucy sales queen is here to help you learn all things sales and marketing with a sprinkle of mindset and life as an entrepreneur. So you never feel like you're alone again. I'm your host, Logan, otherwise known as the most fun sales and marketing mentor you will ever meet. (laughs) All right, grab your notebook, or if you're driving, just listen and take notes later and be present right here in this moment while you start to become a saucy sales ninja. Let's do this. Hey, 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 my sales ninjas. We are back for another episode of the Saucy Sales Show. I'm so glad you are here. Welcome, welcome. If this is your first time listening to the Saucy Sales Show, welcome to the community. You are going to leave this episode and every other episode with fire, with energy, with enthusiasm and excitement to go sell your services, to go make some money and love what you are doing. Today's episode is all about sales calls. I'm going to give you some of my top tips and advice when it comes to sales calls. And these are often, they often have different names, so you may not call them sales calls. Um, Sometimes they're referred to as discovery calls, uh, discovery sessions, you know, I I don't know. You might have another thing you call them if you're uncomfortable with calling them sales calls, which I will address (laughs) also. Um, But this really can apply to a lot of different areas. It doesn't necessarily, although I speak a lot to online businesses, online entrepreneurs, coaches, service providers, um, this can also apply to uh, phone calls that you make with potential patients. I am also a physical therapist, so I make a lot of phone calls to patients who potentially could benefit from my services. And the concepts that we're going to discuss can also apply to those. Sometimes the phone calls aren't as long. They might be a little bit more succinct than a typical sales call is, depending on how long yours are. But um, the the setup, the things to think about, your energetic state, like a lot of it aligns. So this does not only apply to online businesses. This can also apply to anyone who calls people and sells something, whether it's your own services or, um, you know, whatever. So I just want to go through um, some some tips that I have for you that I have learned, that I have experienced myself and made mistakes with and help you um, get through those mistakes or avoid some mistakes so that you can go into your sales calls really, really confident knowing what you're doing and really making the person that you're speaking to, your potential client um, or potential customer, feel special, feel heard, feel supported, and feel like this is the right thing for them. If it is, you know, sometimes we're going to get on a sales call and it's not. It's not going to be a good fit. It doesn't align. And that's okay. Not every sales call is going to end in a sale for multiple reasons. There might be a reason that you decide not to make the sale because you find that they're not a good fit. So that is one major thing with sales calls or with selling is that you need to know how to sell, but you also need to know when not to sell. You need to know how to identify who is not a good fit, who is this not for, and how do I figure that out? And that goes more into qualifying leads, which we're not 
really going to talk about today, but I I feel like it's important to remember that when it comes to sales calls that at the end of a sales call and it didn't work out to not beat yourself up and to not, you know, make it seem feel like you did anything wrong or that it's about you or that you shouldn't be doing this. It just means it wasn't a good fit for for whatever reason, this isn't your person. So Let's dive in. I have, let's see, I have a list here of like six or seven things um, to go over. I might have some more ideas that pop into my head as we're going because I definitely am a more on the spot kind of thinker (laughs) when it comes to these episodes. So uh, first I want to talk about before you even get on a sales call. So number one, I want to talk about your energetic state on a sales call. And this is something that I never even thought about before, um, before I started teaching other people how to do sales calls or, you know, how to, how to sell and before I had to address it in myself. And, you know, I had never thought about the energy that I'm bringing onto the call. You know, I would be so focused on the strategy that I have. What questions am I going to ask? What script am I going to use? Like, oh my gosh, I'm so nervous. And I would go in with this nervous energy or I'd be exhausted because I've had five people in a row tell me no, or it's been a bad day and I'm stressed. Like a multitude of things that could be going on that put me in an anxious, stressed, desperate state of mind. And that's what I was bringing into that call. Now, think of any other situation in your life where you are anxious, stressed, nervous. Do you feel like you're bringing your best energy to that activity? Do you feel like you're able to present your best self to whatever that is? No. Most of you are probably saying, no, no, I'm cranky or I don't fully enjoy it or, you know, it doesn't go the way I plan. Like so many things can happen as a result of your energetic state going into it. So when you go into a sales call feeling anxious or feeling desperate for a client or feeling frustrated because you've been told no, that energy is coming onto the call with this person and it's going to affect the energy on the call. You can pretend like you can shut it off and shut it out, but you can't. In some way, it's going to come through. Whether it's the, you know, your, your body language or the tone of your voice or the questions that you ask or your, your urgency, um, your ability to listen, even the energy and enthusiasm in your voice, like talking about the offer or speaking to this person. You might be disengaged. You might, you know, try, you may be trying to be there and be present, but you're thinking about something else. So you can pretend like you can shut it off, but you can't. It's there somewhere and it's affecting your results. It's affecting your ability to help people. It's affecting your ability to really be effective with your sales calls in the sense of helping this person get connected with the solution that they need. And that's what we want to do, right? We're here to impact and help people. We're here to connect them with our offer that can help them. And when our energetic state is off, then we're lowering that our ability to do that. So your energetic state going into the call means, you know, you're sitting down. How do we change that? You're sitting down and you have some sort of visualization, some sort of meditation, some sort of movement. You know, you got to think of what makes you 
Um, what changes your energetic state? You know, are you a meditator? Do you like to journal? Are you a big visualization person? Are you a big movement person? I am definitely a movement person. So I get energy. I boost my energy with movement. So I will jump on my trampoline. I'll, you know, work out in the morning so that if I have sales calls right after that, or, you know, I'll jump around, I'll fix my posture, I'll take some breaths, I'll, I'll uh, shake my hair around. Like, I don't even know. I'll move in some way so that I pick my energetic state up and it gets me excited. It gets my blood pumping. I'm like, okay, I'm focused and ready. But I also do a little visualization. I visualize this call. I visualize, you know... Um, the best possible outcome. I visualize it running smoothly. I'm asking questions. I'm listening. You know, I'm really vibing with this person. We're having a good connection, a good relationship. Like I'm visualizing how I want it to go. And then that gets me excited. You know, it makes me confident because I see myself being confident. And all of a sudden my energetic state is now focused solely on this person in this call. I'm present. Being present in the moment on that call is so important. Bringing yourself in and focusing on this person, this call alone, and not allowing any other stressors outside to influence this relationship. So figure out what's going to make you pick up your energy. What's going to get you in a focused, abundant, excited, confident state to get on this sales call? Because if you don't do that, You're going to bring a lot of other emotions and energy into that call that you don't want there and that are impacting your ability to even run this call. So your energetic state matters. And my number one thing is address that and figure out how you can, you know, anchor yourself before that call consistently so that you continue on every call, no matter how many no's that you got in a row, how can you pick yourself back up, get refocused, get re-excited for this next person? Because that might just be your dream client and you need to show up for them. Number two is, let's talk about the the beginning of a sales call. You know, you first get on. Making a connection. Not necessarily feeling the pressure to jump right in with these grilling questions, which we'll get to questions later, and they really shouldn't be grilling questions, but um, making a connection. You know, find some common ground. People love working with, buying from, interacting with people that they, they have relatability to. Right? We always hear like our content, whenever we put out content, people are always saying, make it relatable. That's what makes people like it and want to share it and connect with you. Same thing on a call. You know, you're, you're face to face, quote, face to face with this person. And when you are able to find something that you can connect with, whether it's a, a hobby, something in your family, um, an activity that you like to do, Have that friendly conversation and find something that you guys have in common because it psychologically, it just makes a connection between you two. And this person is going to be more excited, more engaged, more present because they don't feel like this is a completely different person from me who's just here to try and sell me something. Now this is a human who really is trying to get to know me. And that makes a huge difference. So number two is find a way to make a connection. Have some friendly conversation before you really dive into it. There's nothing wrong with that. You're not wasting time. That is valuable time spent. Number three is define the purpose of the call. Revisit, like, what is your purpose on the call? Thinking of, like, the the end, you know, like, what is the call 
just a discovery where they really you're just telling about your uh, your um services but even in a discovery you shouldn't just talk the whole call so just define and revisit that make sure that this person understands what you're doing on this call that you're going to be asking questions and um to get to know them i really want to know more about you know where you want to go what you're looking for and then i always like to ask for permission to to get started Define the purpose. Let them know, hey, we're, I'm going to start with some questions. We're just kind of, kind of talk about, you know, the future of your business or what you're really looking for right now. I just want to get to know you and your, your why. And, um, does that sound okay with you? You know, and then we'll talk at the end about an offer that I feel like would be really good for you. Does that sound okay with you? And they say yes. Or maybe they, they didn't understand that this was a call that you were going to be asking questions. They didn't understand how it worked and maybe they're not comfortable with it. So asking permission. You, you get there, you know, you figure that out before you start getting into it and bombarding them with questions. So I like to define what is this call? What are we going to do? Like, here's a heads up of what we're going to talk about. Is that okay with you? Are you ready to get started? You know, like, is that, is that cool? Is that cool? Are you good with that? Whatever you want to ask them. Ask permission. Okay. So they're cool with it. They know what's coming. You're getting into the call now. The key here is to, during the call, on a sales call, whatever you want to call it, discovery session, sales call, whatever, you need to ask questions. What you ask is far more important than what you say. One of the most common questions that I get as a sales coach is, what do I say on a sales call? What am I, you know, like, what am I saying wrong? How, what's the script that I should say, say, say? And it's all about what you should say, what words should come out of your mouth to help, you know, sign this person. But if you take a step back and look at that, that's looking at it in a very selfish way because you're just concerned about what you say and you think you have the magical words to change this person's opinion. And that's not our goal. Our goal is to discover if this person is even a good fit. And we need to make it about them. And to do that, we ask questions so that we're not doing the majority of the talking. We're not supposed to be on the call, you know, just talking about how great their life is going to be and this is going to help you because of this and blah, 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 and trying to say something magical to sign this client. What you ask, the questions that you ask, are so much more important than what you say. So don't focus on what do I say, focus on what do I ask. That person should be doing the majority of the talking. Not not because they take over the call and are talking about random stuff, but because you're leading them with great questions. So when I say ask great questions, this is the, I mean, this is the, what's it called? The meat and potatoes of the call, right? What do you need to know about them? You need to ask questions that get to know, you know, their current state. What are they looking for? What made them get on a call with you? What's making them feel like there's something missing in their business? What are they struggling with? What is their why? What's most important to them? What is their, where do they want to go? What's their like um, end goal? Or what do they visualize six months down the road, a year down the road for their business? So you're, di- you're asking questions that really dive into what their pain points are right now and then what, what their pleasure points are as far as where they want to go. But you're not straight up saying, okay, what are the pain points in your business right now? No, you design good questions to figure that out. 
and you're listening to their responses and hearing what matters to them, what experiences have they had that might influence this decision or what, what, um, what issues are they having that they, that they want to share with you? Why did they get excited to get on a call with you? Why did they apply for your program? Why did they fill your application? So many different questions. And the, this is where you find out and you get them talking. You get them telling stories about themselves, their business, why they started, where they want to go. Because now their vision, their why, everything that they want is now in the forefront of their mind and they're really excited to get there. And you also know what's most important to them when it comes to a coach or a mentor or service provider. Like you get to know what matters to them so that you know, do you, do you offer that? If they're telling you something that really matters to them, that's really important to them, and that's not included in your offer, or you're not that kind of person as a coach or a mentor, you need to tell them that. But now that's giving you information. Okay, this isn't a, the right fit as a client for me. And that's okay. Not everyone who gets on a call is going to be a good fit. Sometimes because they're not the right fit for your program or sometimes you're not the right fit for what they're looking for. But if you don't ask questions to get to know that, then you're going to present your offer at the end to someone who is looking for something different. And then they're going to say no. And then we complain about having low closing rates when it's not your closing strategy. It's not the last thing you said on the call that's the problem. It's that you didn't ask good questions to even figure out if you should be serving up an offer to this person. And asking questions on a sales call, if you don't really know what you're doing or if you don't practice it and really, you know, get good at it, then it it turns into an interrogation, And it should not feel like a list of questions that you are just reading off one after the next. Each question opens up the opportunity for conversation. And it opens up the opportunity for that person to tell a story. And for you to keep asking questions to dig deeper. Tell me more. Could you talk more about that? So they answer a question, and I don't just jump automatically to the next one. I give them feedback or I ask another question because that's what active listening is. And that's my next point, so I'll tie it into this one. I'm not just just asking the questions for the sake of checking them off my list and be like, okay, they said that, they said that. Because the person's on the other end, like, are they really listening to anything I'm saying? They haven't made a comment about everything I've said. They're just moving on to the next question. I feel like I'm getting rapid fire here. And also sometimes they're going to ask, you're going to ask a question and they're going to give you kind of a short answer. And so you dive deeper, like maybe you need more than that. Maybe that wasn't enough information for you to decide whether you feel like this person might be a good fit or not. So then you say, could you tell me more about that? Would you be okay talking more about that? Could I ask more about that? How does that feel? How has that been feeling? How has that been impacting you? There's a thousand questions that can branch off of one good question And you're continuing to encourage them to talk. If you don't know this about humans, we love talking about ourselves. Okay? And I know there's people that will say that they hate talking about themselves. But we psychologically, we want people to make us feel special. We want to be able to share our struggles, our stories. And... Yeah, that's what you're doing for this person. You're allowing them the safe space and they're allowing them to feel comfortable sharing deep parts about them. 
And it's actually a cycle that we go through. You know, when when we're talking with someone and they make us feel comfortable talking about ourselves and then they keep asking questions and we talk more about ourselves, it's like this I, – I mean, I don't know if this is scientifically correct, but essentially, like, it, we get this, like, release of, of some sort of hormone in our brains and maybe it's dopamine and it feels good to talk about ourselves. So then we keep opening up and we keep talking and we keep talking and it's funny because I, I read in a book once, this is why sometimes people end up sharing really personal parts or deep parts about of their life with complete strangers because the person just made them feel comfortable and they were listening. They were actively listening. They made them feel comfortable sharing. And so they just kept going and going because it felt good. It felt good to keep talking and to just get it out and to share it. And so you end up sharing parts that you, you can't even imagine why you just said that to someone you just met. But that's what happens when we feel, when someone makes us feel comfortable sharing our side, sharing our stories, talking about ourselves. And that's how we want our potential client to feel. We want them to feel supported. Like we are listening. We are here to help them. We're really actively listening to their responses and getting to the bottom of it because that means I care. I care enough to ask more questions, to get to know you because I don't want to sell you something that you don't need, or I don't want to sell you something that you don't want. So me asking questions helps me get to the bottom of if this is something you need and want. So it shouldn't feel like an interrogation. It should be a conversation where you're making this person feel comfortable talking about themselves. And that's why they're doing the majority of the talking. But the questions you ask, all of what they're saying is valid, valuable. And it's important. And it's giving you information that you need for when you talk about your offer at the end or when you decide whether you are the right fit to help this person. So actively listening to their answers with your body language, with your tone of voice, like with the questions that you respond back, with your you know reassuring responses, getting good at actively listening. I mean, honestly, it's a skill because there's a lot of people who are really bad at it. <laughs> so actively listening so this person feels like you are not just here to sell them something, you are genuinely here to help them. And that they know and they trust that you're not going to sell this to them if they don't need it based on what they've shared with you. So now let's see where we're at. We are down to number six. And this is all about reading into their emotions. So it's not just interpreting their words. It's assessing and being able to read their emotions. And this is a huge when it comes to, this is a big emotional intelligence component. Being able to listen to somebody, look at them, look at their body language, tone of voice, listen to their responses that they're giving, and kind of figure out what emotions they're portraying. Are they annoyed? Are they frustrated that you're asking them questions? Are they... um are they genuine? Are they excited to answer? Like, do they f- genuinely feel interested in answering your question? And this is all important because people can say things because they think that's what you want to hear, but they can have a different emotion behind it where they they really don't feel comfortable with it or they feel forced or they feel frustrated that all these questions are coming at them. And those emotions need to be addressed. If you're on a call and you're asking questions and you can sense this person's uncomfortable, that better be addressed. It seems like you're a little uncomfortable with these questions that I'm asking. Is it okay if we continue or, you know, you know, what are you thinking? How are you feeling? 
or it seems like you're kind of in a rush. Do you have somewhere to be? Would you like to reschedule the call for another day? You can gather a lot of that information of what's on their mind, what they're, what they're feeling based on their responses, based on how you read their emotions. That's why emotional intelligence is so huge in selling because we have to be able to interact with another human and sense behind their words what emotions that they're feeling so we know, is it okay to keep moving forward? Should I keep following up this with this person? Are there emotions? Are there short responses like portraying to me that they're genuinely not interested? This is one of the biggest mistakes that I made in the beginning of selling online when I was with network marketing is I completely ignored all emotions. You know, I wasn't concerned about it because I was just sending a message through DM and I wasn't paying attention to their short responses. I was replying with my chipper attitude and following up over and over again to people who were not interested. And it was clear through what they were saying, their words. And if I would have had, you know, a one face-to-face conversation or if I would have used voice message or whatever, it would have been more clear. But I, I could have interpreted it, but I was told to ignore that. I was told to ignore and follow up anyway, and and nothing was taught to me about actually reading into emotions and having emotional intelligence and and self-awareness, having awareness of somebody else and what they're feeling towards me. I hope that makes sense. Like, I'm saying I we were just told to ignore all emotions and all normal human human interaction, just send the message anyway. Just send it. Just send it. Because you're growing a business here. And that is not how to effectively do sales. at Not at all. Especially as more and more people are putting up walls to anybody selling something. They really want to know that you care about them and you don't just care about their money. So being able to interpret those emotions, being able to read into their emotions to determine, should I keep going? Are they comfortable with me? Do they trust me? Do they, you know, are they confident in their answers? Are they shy about their answers? And what needs to be addressed based on that? Should you keep going? Is this an appropriate thing to keep doing, to sell to them? Or do they feel very uncomfortable? Like those things need to be addressed. And you can't just, you know, uh, bulldoze through a sales call with somebody just because you're supposed to get to the end. If it really shouldn't go there with, you know, without being addressed and make sure that this person at every step of the way is with you. They're saying yes. They're saying yes to you with their responses. They're literally saying yes to you when you ask permission. They're saying yes by being open with you and honest with you. If they're not, they're not saying yes. So you should not keep going. That's why it's like with sales calls, there should be check-in points where you're making sure they're still with you, making sure they're not getting lost and they feel like they're being bulldozed by you. And if they are saying yes and you keep moving on and everything's going great, and then my last tip for today, because I could go on forever, but (laughs) follow me on Instagram and you can learn more. Um... Number seven is I, once they have shared everything and I feel like I have enough information about them and their wants, their desires, what they're struggling with, and I genuinely feel like I have an offer for them that I can talk to them about, I still ask for permission again. I want to get another yes from them. I continue to get a yes from them and make sure they're with me. They're open to hearing it. Because if I tell them an offer and they're 
they're still uncomfortable from the last couple questions and I don't check in with them again. Again, I'm just bulldozing my way through without a concern in the world about how they're feeling. So I say, you know, like, I appreciate you being so open and honest with me and vulnerable. And it's been really awesome getting to know what your desires are. And I genuinely feel like I have something that can really help you get there. Would it be okay? Would you be open to hearing about it? So I ask, you know, I have something in mind. I really appreciate you being open. And, you know, would you be open to hearing about the offer that um, that I have to help you with this? And be confident behind that. Be confident that you have that. Don't give an offer that's completely unrelated or that you it doesn't have to do with what they said they wanted. That's when you say, you know, after after speaking with you, I really appreciate you being open and honest with me. Um, based on what you were saying and what your desires are, I don't want to sell you this because I don't know if it's exactly what you need or what you're wanting. I'm, it's not my job to determine what someone needs. I may know what they need, but I'm, I, I want, they want me to give them what they want. So, but I, I tell them, I let, I be honest, I'll be honest, you know, based on kind of what's important to you, based on what you shared, I don't think that this offer includes that for you or gives you that level of support or, or has that teaching on it that you're really looking for. What I do have is this other offer or what I do have is a fellow coach or a fellow mentor that absolutely helps people with this all the time. And I'd love to refer her for you to, to her. Would you be okay with that? Like there's so many ways you can go in the end to, to let them know it's not for them or to ask permission and say, hey, I have something that will definitely get you there. Are you open to hearing about it? I don't want my potential client to ever feel like I'm bulldozing them, like I'm taking over and it doesn't matter what they say or think. I'm going to, I'm going to sell this to them and just see what happens. Or I'm going to manipulate and, you know, try to be all sly with a closing strategy and that's what's going to get me more sales. No, I don't. I want my potential client to feel empowered in their decision, not like they were tricked into it, manipulated into it, like I fear mongered them into it. That is not what saucy consulting is about. That's not what being a saucy sales ninja is about. The clients that say yes know it's the right thing for them. They feel excited in the decision. They have pain, and we talked about their pain and amplified that, but I'm not fear-mongering them into a decision. I'm not amplifying their fear so big that they're so scared that they have to say yes. And that's what a lot of people are out here doing, and I'm not about it. It's not what I teach. It's not what would feel good for me if I was being sold to. Those aren't the people that I invest with. And ever, obviously everybody's different, but everybody gets to teach in a different way and that's not what I teach. That's not the way I like to do things because that doesn't make me feel good either. So before I go on for an hour, um, I don't even know where we're at right now, but um, let's kind of recap a little bit on the, I don't want to say the framework because I didn't give you an exact framework of a sales call, but some important points that maybe you weren't weren't aware of or that you are excited to think about. One is your energetic state before you get on the call. You know, like we all, we're all learning what to do on a call, but what's your state going into it? It's the same thing as like strategy doesn't work if your mindset sucks. Okay, if your energy sucks and you're coming in with this desperate, anxious, frustrated energy, it doesn't matter what you have planned for the call. It doesn't matter if you have this perfect script. It's not going to come through the way you want it to. Number two, making a connection, making a friendly connection, creating a relationship with this person, finding some common ground so they trust you a little bit more. 
Three, define the purpose of the call and ask for permission. Are you ready? Does this make sense to you? Number four, ask great questions and not interrogation style. Leading to number five, actively listening to their responses, building other questions off of that and letting it flow a little bit. It's okay to have an outline of questions, but let it flow and let it break off into smaller questions where necessary. Number six, reading into their emotions, getting better at your emotional intelligence and being able to interpret someone else's emotions and make a decision on on what they feel. Do they trust you? Do they want to keep going? Do I need to do a little check-in because I'm not sure where they're at? Is it hard for me to read their emotions? Okay, ask. Ask a question. And seven, ask for permission to talk and present the offer that you feel like is good for them or be honest and let them know why you don't think this is a good fit. That you're, it doesn't include what they're looking for. And, and let them know, I heard you. I heard what you told me was most important to you. And I don't want to sell you something that doesn't provide that for you. So those are my top tips for sales calls today. And I hope that they were helpful. If they were, please share this episode. Let me know where you're watching it, when you're watching it. Tag me on Instagram at Logan in Motion. I'm so excited. And please subscribe to the Saucy Sales Show. Leave a review so that other people can find this podcast and learn from me as well. Thank you guys for joining my Sales Ninjas and I will catch you next time. Thank you for joining me on this week's episode of the Saucy Sales Show. Your time is the most precious asset you have and I'm so grateful that you chose to spend some of it here with me today. It's time to stop saying, I love everything about my business except sales and start believing that you are capable of loving sales and making them happen in a way that is fun, authentic, and makes you money. I would love to hear from you, so I can thank you for listening. Go find me on Instagram at LoganInMotion. Share this episode to your stories and tag me so we can connect. Make sure you come back next time so we can hang out again. See you soon.